In our last episode, we talked about how an eye injury registry has helped researchers to understand how eye injuries happen to create prevention strategies. We explained that there are two main types of eye injuries, open or closed injuries. As a reminder, an open injury is when the eye wall has a full thickness wound, for example, a penetrating injury with a sharp object. In this episode, I will chat with Dr. Jackie Tan, who will tell us about his project on a new surgical technique to close wound in the cornea without stitches. I am Maria Cabrera Aguas, a researcher at the University of Sydney SafeSight Institute. Welcome to the Sydney Eye Podcast. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to receive a notification when a new episode is released. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on YouTube. Full thickness corneal wounds occur with routine cataract surgeries, corneal transplantations, or penetrating injuries. Some complications of a corneal wound are leakage of the anterior chamber fluid, resulting in low pressure and deformation of the eye. In addition, ocular surface contaminants can enter the eye's internal sterile environment, potentially causing an infection in the interior of the eye with risk of losing the sight and even the eyeball. Our guest today is Dr. Jackie Tan. He's a general practitioner based in Adelaide, with a passion for vision research and ophthalmology. Currently, Jack is undertaking his PhD under the supervision of Professor Stephanie Watson, who is the head of the Cornell Research Group at the University of Sydney SafeSight Institute. He is going to share with us part of his project on testing a new technique to close wounds in the cornea without stitches. Hi Jack, thanks so much for joining us in our show today. Pleasure. Jack. I've known you for some years now and heard that your project is about a, te- a new technique to close corneal wounds without the stitches. Can you tell us how this technique works? Yeah, so it all stems from the fact that um, cornea sutures are uh, you know, highly skill dependent. Uh, you take years to learn and to perfect it. Um, and they still snaps, you know, they cause a lot of troubles. I mean, I suppose we, we've been using cornea sutures for so long, we know how well it works and how poorly it works. So we want to have a new technology to circumvent this um, difficulty we have in the clinical field. And so uh, we um, investigated this technology, uh, which um, not obviously not, not, not my, I, I, didn't, I didn't invent it. I'm not that smart, but <laughs> one of our, one of our um, right spot professors came up with this uh, technology. And um, the, uh, I was very uh, proud to be part of the team to investigate this technique to uh, overcome sutures in corneal surgery. So that, okay. that's, my, that's my research in a nutshell. Okay, and um, when did you start working on this technique? How many oh. years ago? Oh. Makes me feel like a dinosaur. I think I started in 2015. So I'm probably year six, part-time of course. So I'm still doing a bit of work, clinical work, um, while I work on this uh, PhD. Wow, it has been some time. Can you walk me and the listeners through the technique? Yeah, so I think we should go back to, if I, if I can, I'll just take the listeners to back to basic sciences and how this technology works. Um, my, my, my disclaimer, we haven't used this technology on humans yet, um, but we use it on several different models. 
and obviously hopefully we'll move into humans eventually. So how this technology work? We um, it, it primarily primarily is made of a, a polysaccharide called chitosan. So chitosan is a, uh, a repeating monomers of sugar. Uh, so other examples of polysaccharides include starch, glycogen, and um, cellulose. You know um, the cell cell wall. Um, so essentially, it's a biocompatible molecule. So essentially, you're making all these sugar molecules joined together to form a rigid structure. So that's chitosan in the really really basic form. Um, with advancements in material science, this chitosan can be made into a fume. Um, um, and this fume can be very, very thinly made, almost like contact lens. You know how contact lens can stick yeah. onto the cornea surface? So this technology is a bit like that. So it's a tiny little thin chitosan film that can stick onto the cornea surface. Now chitosan in its own has got this hydrostatic attraction to um, uh, collagen. So it naturally sticks to collagen already, but we can enhance the stickiness of this chitosan uh, onto the cornea collagen by laser irradiation. So that's, that's how, in a, in a nutshell, in a basic science, how this technology works. So we make a very, very thin film that okay. sticks onto the cornea with laser activation. Sounds like a very quick procedure. Yes, yes, so uh, very, very quick. Um, so far, we have um, experimented on uh, eight millimeter circular patch. So we got a whole round disc, eight millimeter in diameter, and we'd also tried a oval patch four by six millimeter, so oval shape patch. Uh, we have a laser footprint of about one millimeter diameter. So the laser beam that we use to so-called color uh, or shade the patch, um, that laser beam's got a footprint of about one mil. So we just got to move it around the patch until the whole patch is covered. And that varies in between 45 seconds to about a minute. Um, so very quick. So very considering quick. each cornea suture can take you a few minutes. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a novice surgeon. Stephanie could, um, my, my, my supervisor could do it much quicker. Takes me about two, three minutes at a minimum. One suture. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the patch? I just put it on, laser it. Before I know it, they're done. So it's very quick. <laughs> um, I mean, this, te this technique can even be enhanced because at the moment, our laser footprint is one mil. But if the laser footprint can be designed to be bigger, essentially you can just put a patch on, zoop, and then you're done. You can be that quick because if you can make the beam bigger, this whole thing is covered in one heat. Well, indeed, it is much quicker than doing some stitches in the cornea. After you laser the patch, what is the next step? Do you need to place a bandage, contact lens, or anything to protect the eye? Um, at the moment, um, we are seeing very, very strong adhesion onto um, cornea surfaces um, to a point that it's almost difficult to peel it off, if you want to call it. Okay. Um, but it also depends on the, um, the, the native tech, uh, anatomical environment where this patch is um, deployed. For example, when we did this technology on a, um, uh, a, a nucleated eye, essentially this eye has got no more eyelids left. Um, when we put a patch on, we don't have to do anything, we just leave it there. However, with the eyes with an eyelid, we find that sometimes the eyelid can sometimes push the film off because of the sweeping effect of the eyelid. And sometimes a bandage contact lens could be helpful. So okay. um, I think we may need to use a contact lens um, just to see how things go. If things goes well, we may say, look, we may not even need it. Ideally, we don't need it, okay. but we may start with one. And then what happens with the patch? Is it reabsorbed? Yeah, so it... it it's biodegradable, but it's quite slow in biodegradation. So, um, 
I mean, I, I didn't do the um, the, the breakdown um, experiments, but the previous researchers has um, characterized the um, degradation of these chitosan fumes in lysozymes. Lysozymes are found in your tears, and that breaks down the uh, the chitosan slowly. So you know, it's it's a fine balance between how quickly you want the fume to dissolve and how quickly you want how long you want the fume to stay on for healing. So trying to find a balance is can sometimes be quite challenging. And the beauty of this patch is that it's also semi-transparent. It's got a slight tinge, but you can see through it if you really look hard, hard through it. So you can see whether the wound underneath the patch is healed before mm -hmm. you peel it up. Okay, okay. So at the moment, we are seeing weeks before the patch shows any signs of uh, structural degradation. So it's strong enough to last for weeks, but you can peel it off anytime you want, if that makes sense. More on this new technology for closing corneal wounds up next. But first, have you had any complication from a cataract surgery, corneal transplantation or penetrating eye injury? Tell us your story and email us at seedipodcast at gmail.com or share on Twitter with the hashtag seedipod. That's hashtag S-Y-D-E-Y-E-P-O-D. Yep. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, uh, in theory, what would be the advantages of this technique uh, compared to the stitches or to the other um, traditional techniques? Yeah, yeah. So, lots of advantage. Um, sutures, because you have to use a needle to uh, pull onto tissue and penetrate tissue to bring tissue together, you can cause damage to the surrounding tissue because uh, sutures applies point-to-point -point tension on a cornea the pool can cause unequal tensions and cause warpages on the surface of the eye. And we call that surgical induced astigmatism. And that's very, very difficult to correct with, even with glasses. Now, because these uh, sutures are foreign, foreign, foreign materials, they could be nylon or silk, they can create a foreign body reaction to the patient. Then we also have cyanoacrylate glue. Essentially, these are your uh, medical grade super glues. Um, they are not technically supposed to be used in the cornea, but a lot of um, ophthalmologists are using them off-label for um, um, savoring the eye because when, they, when, you, when you cannot get anything else, that's like a backup plan, if you want, if you want to call it. Now, cyanoacrylate yeah. are not biodegradable, so they are essentially acrylic, essentially plastic. Um, they are inflammatory because the breakdown product will cause inflammation on the surface of the eye. Now, cyanoacrylate, it seals very quickly. It's like it's much more instant. Like, you know, if you have done any art and craft and you accidentally touch super glue and yeah. you just, that's <laughs> yeah, how quickly it's really uncomfortable in your, <laughs> yeah. <in> your fingers. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's how it works. So you're yeah. actually using the glue on the surface of the eye and it sticks so quickly, which is good. It, it seals quickly, but trying to apply accurately can be a challenge because so yeah. trying to be very precise with those glue can be a challenge. So combined with the um, rough surface, inflammatory uh, side effects and non-biodegradable. Um, Cyanoracolate obviously is not really approved for ophthalmic use, but only used as a worst case scenario, like a backup plan. So that's yeah. Cyanoracolate. Yeah. Then we also got the fibrin glue, which is also quite popular. It's been around for 50 odd years. Um, fibrin glue is uh, essentially um, biocompatible and biodegradable. Uh, very well tolerated by most patients. It's not uncomfortable. Um, but there's a risk of um, uh, blood-borne virus transmission because fibrin glue is derived from blood bank. So it depends on what the oh, donor okay. has. They obviously was trying to screen the donors, but you know, there are some, there are some 
uh, infection that doesn't get tested or cannot be tested. And there's always a risk of reactivation when you use that. So that's your traditional technique. So the advantage is that this technology that I'm working on has all, the, all these guys uh, that, um, because most of the glue we've seen so far are liquid based. So they have to draw it up, put this, the, the, the liquid onto the wound and wait for it to set. Ours is completely different. We've got a patch. So it's like yeah. a bandaid that you can just stick onto the, the eye um, and you can trigger the, the, the stickiness when you're ready. So essentially you can put this patch on the eye, adjust it until you are, yeah, this is a perfect uh, orientation I want this patch to be. And then you put your laser on and you stick it on. So that, that's, it gives the operator uh, a lot of control over the adhesion property of our technology. And also um, some of the glue, after you put the, 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 the components on, you've got to wait about half a minute Sometimes a few minutes to wait for it to set, especially fibrin glue. Ours, once you put the laser on, it's, it's stuck on straight away. <laughs> and um, because ours is a, um, a patch, the size can be adjusted. So if you've got a small wound, you can have a small patch. You've got a bigger wound, you can make a bigger patch. You've got a star-shaped wound, you can make a bigger patch to cover the star. And uh, this has not yet been tested, but if you have a corneograph, which is circular big disc, we can even make a little round ring that go around the wound and that, that can work. So I think the combination is endless. <laughs> so oh. that is one of the benefits that we've got. For sure, this technique is very innovative and tackles several complications from the current corneal wound treatments. Is there any limitation in the size of the wound? We're hoping that this technology will have unlimited, unlimited wound size consideration, but okay. because this is only early stages of our characterization, we haven't made the wound really, really big. As a starting point, we are only targeting smaller cornea incisions now. So those small ones that we often see in cataract surgery, they're usually between two and three mils. That's that's perfect target for what we're hoping to use it on. Um, yeah, so if that, if that makes sense. I, 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 I would say we have endless um, possibilities, but we're only starting small. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, how far are you and your team to take this technique to the operation room? How tomorrow. Many? <laughs> Which is tomorrow. Because <laughs> I understand um, there is a long process. You have to do different clinical trials and then... Yes. So how would be your forecast <laughs> everything goes? I have, I'm very thankful for, my, for the predecessor researchers that have been and gone before me. They've done so much work. So previous researchers has done in vitro characterization. So in vitro characterization means they are testing this material in a test tube, making sure it doesn't damage the cells that's been collected from the cornea. So far, their result has been excellent. And then we move on to the cornea. We've done lots of tensile strength testing. This is also not, not done by myself, but previous researchers. They've done tensile strength testing to see how much strength it takes to split the cornea bits. So when it comes to my turn, I'm actually testing the, the technology in an intact eye, an intact cornea. So we're using burst pressure now instead of pulling the wound apart. So essentially what I'm doing now is injecting water or fluid, if you want to call it, increases pressure in the eye until the eye pops where we did a cut and sealed with the, uh, the, 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 the patch. So that's how I'm assessing the integrity at this point. So that's what we call um, ex vivo testing. So the, to answer the question, when are we going to get to humans? I hope soon, but um, it, it, there are some consideration with uh, human ethics um, committees to see whether if they, our um, uh, investigations are sound and worth moving on to a human model. Before we get to the end of this exciting talk, are there any complications from this technique? 
Yes, now we all new technology and new medications, there's always going to be potential risk. So um, let me just take you, take the listeners to uh, a few events that uh, unexpected events that happened during the course of our study. So we found that, you know, yes, we laser the patch with a handheld lasers slowly, but if we accidentally left the laser on one spot for too long, it actually burns the patch. Now, whether or not it causes any cornea damage, we're not sure. Uh, because once it's charred, we move it away and it hasn't really caused, because the, 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 the experiment that we did it on uh, a radio eye, so they are not, uh, they're not live eyes anymore. So we don't know whether we're scarring down the track. But the very important thing is when you're operating the laser, you have to be very, very careful. Now there's also a theoretical risk because um, chitosan is derived from crustacean shells and uh, sometimes from shellfish. So there is that theoretical um, possibility of a patient with seafood allergy, they may not be able to have this technology put on your eyes. Oh, because wow. what, if, what, if, what if they react to the uh, seafood patch, so-called, yeah, on, the, yeah. on their cornea? Oh, wow. okay. yeah. But we do, know that, we do know that the cornea is avascular, there's limited blood supply, but in yeah. inflammatory conditions, sometimes they are blood vessels coursing onto the cornea. Whether or not it can cause an allergy reaction, we are not sure, because not yet tested on humans, it's a theoretical yes. risk at the moment. Oh, wow. It's a long, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long road indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully we can get it very soon into, into humans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if people want to contact you, Jack, what would be the best way to do it? What would be your social media or email? Oh. Or... <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to be young, but I'm not very good with social media. <laughs> um, so I would say best way would be go to safe site. We have a cornea research group. Um, leave me a message there um, or I think my Twitter I think it's uh, a Dr. Jack 10 I think okay <laughs> I that's know. okay we can add it into the notes <laughs> so, sorry very not very good in social media but yeah I, I would say um, safe site go to safe site and maybe corner research because my name should be there and I think there's a link to my email as well All right, perfect, Jack. No, thank you so much for sharing the project with us today. So we'll keep in touch to see the further advances in this technique. Thank you, Maria. See you, right. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. In summary, this technology uses a patch which sticks very strongly to the cornea upon laser activation, sealing full thickness corneal wounds up to six millimeters in size. Possible applications of this technology include closing leaking, penetrating corneal wounds after routine cataract surgeries, closing traumatic corneal lacerations from battlefield injuries, and replacing sutures during corneal transplantations. I am Maria Cabrera-Aguas. Thanks for joining us on the Sydney Eye Podcast. If you haven't just subscribed to this podcast, you are invited to consider that to receive a notification when a new episode is released. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them to seedipodcast at gmail.com and connect with us on Twitter at Cabrera Marie. It's C-A-B-R-E-R-A-M-A-R-I-E or at Cornell Research using the hashtag S-Y-D-E-Y-E-P-O-D. Until next time, bye!